last year, I think it was like 435 or 36. And that I was like, wow, huge PB. That's awesome. And then to run like either 430 or 431 this time, I was like, that is like, that's significantly better. <laughs> like I was like, that's awesome. And so this year I actually am going to be focusing more on the 1500. And so knowing that I'm that much better in the road mile on that course right now makes me be like, okay, so like how fast can I go this year is kind of like the question, but it definitely gave me some good confidence knowing that I will be focusing a little bit more on the 1500 this year and seeing like, okay, well, you're already way better than you've ever been on this one specific course. So, you know, it it just gave me good confidence leading into the rest of the season. Women's running, running, running. Hi, my name is Alex Tubel. I am the head cross-country coach and assistant track coach at the University of Northern Iowa. And I also am a professional runner, I guess you could call me, or just avid racer. But yeah, that's just a little bit about me. And we're going to get to a little more about Alex in just a minute. But first, welcome to Women's Running Stories. I am Cherie Louise Turner. I am your host and producer. And this is another one of our race reports. We are focusing on the USATF One Mile National Championships that took place in Des Moines, Iowa on the evening of Tuesday, April 25th. And yes, we are telling it from the standpoint of Alexina Tubal, who goes by Alex. She is indeed a coach at the University of Northern Iowa. She is also an alumni of the school and had her collegiate racing career there. Alex is primarily a track racer. Post-college, she focused on the 3000 meter steeplechase and she earned her way in to the finals of the 2020 or really 2021 Olympic trials. She's back to focusing on the 1500 and its close cousin, the one mile. Over the years, Alex has continued to chip away at her times and become more and more race savvy. And you can point to this one mile race in Des Moines as an example of that. She has been here on several occasions and her times continue to improve. Last year, she set a road PR there and this year she reset it again, running a 431. It was an exciting race this year. The field was deep. The competition was tough and it came down to the wire. And Alex was right in the mix. So let's get to it. Let's hear how it all went down at the US ATF One Mile National Championships through the racing perspective of Alex Tubal. Here's Alex. Vibes were really high heading into the competition. Marissa Howard is one of my really close friends and I got to spend some time with her that day leading into the race. And, you know, I don't get to see um, those people that often. So it is great to be at the same competition as uh, friends that you don't see super often. So vibes were really high. The weather was awesome. So yeah, I, I really enjoy road miles. And in particular, I love the road mile in Des Moines just because it's close to home and you know I've done it a few times so I feel like I I know the course pretty well and there's just something about being on the roads that's like 
it's just a whole different ball game um, in terms of it. Yeah, it's a, still a mile. And later in the week, we raced the 1500, but it's just so different. And honestly, when I saw the field was so big, I got really nervous just thinking about not the actual like um, difficulty of the race, but just like how um, there was going to be a lot of tactics involved. And like, I was mostly nervous about getting good positioning and, you know, knowing the course there are two 90 degree turns within the race. And so just being like, oh man, like there's going to be like 24 of us. Like I've got to make sure I have the good angle and like kind of like stuff that you don't normally worry about um, in a track race. So it just brings a different element that's really fun. And it, it forces you to think about different things other than just running fast. So last year I did this same race, the U.S. Champs Road Mile in Des Moines, and this field was only 12, so literally half the size it was this year. And going into that one, I was like, I can win. You know, like I think that I have as much of a shot as anyone else in the field. And it wasn't as loaded as of a field last year. And I came away with third, but I, I definitely approached it differently. Like I, me and um, Emily, the woman who won last year, we kind of just took it out from the start. And it was just like us kind of banging away. Whereas this time I was like, okay, let's be a little bit smarter about it. Like, you know, know that you need to have something left in that last 200 because in the road mile, a lot of times that's where it's won. So you're not just going to be able to run away from the field. It's going to be a little bit tactical and you got to be in good position. So this year I took a different approach just because the field size was literally double. So we didn't get to pick where we stood on the starting line. They passed numbers and then they kind of lined us up. I actually didn't even get to start on the starting line. I started in the second line. And to be honest, when I saw I was in the back row, I was like, I was a little bit annoyed just because I was like, awesome, like, whatever, but we'll deal with it because, you know, what are you going to do in the moment? And I knew that it was a, a really loaded field in terms of like people with a lot of accolades. But at the same time, it's like, number one, we're really early in the season. And number two, like, this might be the day that I beat those people. So I'm never going to like rule myself out against anyone. Something about like the mile and the 1500, I just have a lot more comfort in those races. And I feel like, uh, you know, I have a confidence that I'm going to know my body's going to know what to do when I start the race and that I've prepared really well for it. So it varies from race to race and situation to situation. But in the early season races, when I've had workouts that kind of tell me like, okay, you're prepared for this. I just go in with an excited attitude and like, let's see how many people we can beat. So, and yeah, I guess in some a lot of people would look at me as like an underdog in that situation, but yeah, we're all on the same starting line. So people can have good days, people can have bad days. And so I just wanted to be, when we started the race, I just wanted to be super composed the first 800 and just stay really calm and not, not think too much. And I knew that, you know, once I got to the halfway point of the race, that's like when the racing really starts. And so just making sure that I could get to the halfway point of the race in good enough position, be aggressive when people do make moves. If somebody did push early on, I went in with the mindset that I was going to go with. And so it's just like, you know, 
making that decision before the race makes it a lot easier to commit to it during the race. And that's something that my coach talks about a lot is just, you know, make the decision beforehand and then you don't have to think at all during the race. So it's just like the, for me, my favorite part of any race is the last 400. And so it's just like kind of managing the emotions and like everything getting up to that point so that you can be in the best position possible for that last 400. And there they head down Locust Street in the USATF Women's Road Mile Championship. Yeah. So when the race started, um, I felt like I got off the line pretty well, but you know, there's 24 of us. So I was like, okay, like I I didn't want to take the lead right away. And I saw my friend Marissa kind of take over the lead, which I was, I I kind of imagined that she was going to do that. And so I was like, okay, just, you know, kind of commit to this pace, settle in, get really comfortable. Um, and I just kept repeating to myself, you know, to, to be calm, to get comfortable and just like when they move, you move. And so with the amount of bodies that were in the race, it was just kind of like, okay, make sure you have a a clear view of the turns coming up. But at the same time, you want to be tucked in behind people. You don't want to like be way far out on the outside. So it is a lot different from a track race in that, you know, in a track race, people just get in a single file line on the road. It was like, we were literally a mob of people. It really wasn't that, you know, it wasn't a super physical race or anything like people kept their space. It was just more of a like, you know, know when you need to move in the race and put yourself in a good position. So we get through like 800 and I was like, okay, like I'm feeling good. I feel relatively comfortable. And right after 800, you come up to the first 90 degree turn. And as we were doing the first 90 degree turn, I could feel myself have to like slow up and then speed back up. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, you cannot do that on this next turn. Like you're wasting energy if you're slowing down and then having to speed back up. Like you need to kind of like a race car, like go into the turn a little bit better just so you're not like coming to a stop and then turning. Um, So the second 90 degree turn is I think like a block later. So it comes up pretty quick. And so your third 400 on this course, it has both turns. So, you know, like the third four is probably going to be the slowest one, but just that's when a lot of movement was happening. And I could see like people who had been leading the race falling back and then, um, kind of that next line of people taking over. And so when we came off the second curve, I was like, all right, like I'm in the race, like the race is right here. Um, we're all still together. There was I don't know, it was probably like a group of 10. And I knew that I've run the course before and I know how far away the finish is because like you're looking down the straightaway and you're like, oh, the finish line's right there. And it's still like 400 meters away. So I was like, okay, you've got to like save a little bit for that last 200 um, because in the past I've like gotten eaten up in the last 200 by a couple people. So I knew um, you've got to have a little bit left that last 200 um, to really like seal the deal. And it was just really awesome to like be in the race and acknowledge the people who are around me and be like, yeah, like... I'm running right next to these people, like, um, you know, really talented people with a lot of different accolades. And it's just like, sometimes so funny to think that like, I just train in Cedar Falls, Iowa by myself primarily. And like, I can still get it done, you know, like I can still compete with those people who do this every day, all day. 
And it's just like really funny to me sometimes to be like, man, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm extremely dedicated to what I do. And like, I make a lot of sacrifices for my running, but at the same time, it's like, I have this whole other thing that I'm a part of. And, um, I feel really fortunate that, you know, I'm able to still do what I do and be able to perform at a high level. So like the last 200, that's really what I was thinking. And it was like, Hey, I feel like I can beat a couple of these people. Like, you know, just got to close it out hard and you'll have a really good race. And the last like hundred meters, I, I, there are some things I would do a little bit differently. Um, I felt like I tucked in behind, I think it was Addie Wiley. And I wish I would have scooted out to the side of her a little bit more. Um, because then at the line, it was like, there was like four of us that were all, you know, within a half a second. And I just feel like I, maybe if I would have done something a little bit differently there, I could have gotten a couple more people and just ended on the front side of that pack versus the back side of it. And so if there's anything that I would have liked to do better in that race, it would have been the last hundred just because it's like, man, so close, like so close to being a really awesome performance. Um, It was still good, still happy with it, but like just so close to being great. But overall, like I finished and I was like, that was a really solid effort, um, especially for my opener. And I know it was a lot of people's opener, but I was like, okay, I feel like I'm in a really good spot and feeling super confident and just excited for the next opportunity after I finished that race. So overall, it was a great experience. (laughs) There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you. Opening her season with such a great performance certainly gives Alex a lot to look forward to. To be clear, the results looked like this. The 2023 One Mile Road National Champion is Nikki Hiltz, clocking a 428. They are also the 2023 Indoor National Champion in the 1500 meter. Coming in a close second, also clocking 428, was Sinclair Johnson. She won her first national title last year, coming in first in the 1500 meters at the Outdoor National Championships. Rounding out your top third through seventh, all clocking a time of 4.31, were Addie Wiley, Colleen Quigley, Suzanne Osika, and Alex. Yeah, it was so close. Just like Alex said, that last podium spot all the way through seventh all came in within half a second of each other. It was an incredible race. And as I alluded to up top, Alex has been making steady, consistent progression for years now. And she's built that improvement on a really strong foundation, 
which includes choosing to remain in her home state of Iowa and also to remain with the same coach who's guided her through the bulk of her athletic development. David Paulson, he's the director of our track and field team. So he's my boss and my coach, which um, also makes my life easier in terms of like, he understands what I'm doing um, in terms of my training, but at the same time, like um, he's there every day. So he recruited me when I was like 17 out of high school and now I'm 29. So we've been working together for a long time. I I think that as I've gotten older and kind of like grown into myself as an athlete and as a coach, like it's definitely a collaborative effort in terms of training. But when it comes to like, you know, Tuesday hard workouts, it's so nice to have him there to be like, Alex, you, you know, this is what you need to do and just hold me accountable. So like, yeah, I have to do a lot on my own. And so I do have to hold myself accountable a lot, but being able to have that support and not only from him, but like the other coaches on the staff, I just work with some awesome people that, you know, encourage me on a daily basis. So um, I feel super fortunate to have that. And yeah, not many people can say they've been with the same coach for like, what is that, like 11 or 12 years. So if it's not broke, don't change it. You know, like I keep getting better. So I don't feel the need to search anywhere else. If I was going to, um, I guess, like go a different route, uh, I probably would have done that a long time ago. I looked at training groups when I first came out of college. Um, and then, um, I was sponsored by Wazelle for a couple of years and they had a training group out in Bend and the opportunities, like there were opportunities, but it just was like, I have such a great setup here where I get to work, as a coach and like develop my career in that aspect um, while also getting to train that it was just like, for me, this was the best case scenario. Of course, Alex understanding what works best for her has come as a result of experience and lessons learned. So in college, I definitely had an era where I kind of dodged the bullet of injury definitely was under fueling for a couple years. And I just feel so lucky that I like came out the other side of it because it definitely could have gone down a really bad path to where, you know, it's just an injury cycle. And I see so many people do that. Yeah. I I just feel like I've been super lucky in that. And like other people, you know, kind of fall into that like toxic cycle and then they quit because like, why would you want to keep doing it? You know, like I, there's no way I'd still be doing this at 29 if I had let myself kind of go down that path. Um, And so I I do feel fortunate that I had that experience of, you know, having those struggles and just like dealing with being a college athlete and the comparison game and all that. But I do feel like once I came out of college, the first year or two was still tough because I was trying to basically like prove my worth on the um, professional circuit because at the time I had never steepled and I was telling people I was going to go qualify for the Olympic trials in the steeple. So, you know, um, it still was tough then, but I think now um, I have just grown a lot as a person and definitely being in the career that I'm in, working with young men and women every day forces me to be a good example for them. And so I've definitely become a lot less rigid 
so I think it's really just like helped me develop a good balance. And in the end of the day, like that's how I've stayed so healthy for so long. Because yeah, like in terms of training, I definitely push the envelope in terms of hard workouts. My mileage isn't as high as some other people that do the same events as me. But there's been times where I've been on relatively high mileage. But I think that being able to know that the training that I'm doing is what's best for me and not worrying about what other people are doing has been huge. Even with all this great experience under her belt and increasingly having a more solid grip on how to train and race, Sometimes things still go awry. Last year, Alex experienced the first significant injury of her career, a very painful sacral stress fracture. It took her out for several months. She wasn't even able to run between June and September of 2022. But this recent performance is a clear indication that she is back and better than ever. And she recognizes there are still things that she can improve on. I would say that I'm just an inherently anxious person and that's like my biggest downfall. If I can control that, I will perform a lot better. And I have been unhappy with myself at, especially like the last Olympic trials um, and the U.S. championships prior to that, just like feeling like I wasn't at my best mentally and that made it not possible for me to be at my best physically. And that's just like, you know, if there's anything I'm going to be disappointed in myself for, it's that because that's like, I know it's not always controllable, but I do think I can do better with that. And just like, you know, I do a really great job of not doubting myself leading up to things and being like, you know, that this person may have done this and this and this, and this person may be this much faster than me on paper, but like, I don't care. I'll show up and I'll race them and we'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah. I just, uh, like, it's so easy when you're like practicing, you're like, man, I wouldn't want to race me right now. But then then it's like, all right, can I please just like always think like that? But then when you step on the line and you're in the race and something gets hard, it's that decision at that moment in time of like, are you going to fight through it? Or are you just going to feel sorry for yourself? So, so it's like, just, you know, constantly like telling yourself those things so that when you do have a negative thought or just like a thought of self-doubt, you have like five other thoughts that are kind of pushing you forward and pushing that thought out of your mind. So I do think I'm trying to spin my injury last year. It was so disappointing to feel like I was in the best shape of my life and not be able to compete at the U.S. championships. Like it, it like gutted me. And so now I'm like, okay, like Alex, think about how like painful that was to miss those opportunities and like just how fortunate you are now to be able to line up for any race, you know? And I definitely like preach that with my athletes as well. Like every single race we have is just such an awesome opportunity. Like don't let anxiety or doubt or whatever nerves like take away from the fact that like right now you have this awesome opportunity and just make the most of it. Like you can only do your best. And so when you say it like that, it's just so easy. (laughs) Um, You're like, yeah, totally. I can do that. But I'm just, you know, my goal for this season is just to practice that every single race. And I do feel like, you know, for the road mile, I did a good job of that. I didn't have any of those like I didn't have any self-doubt or anything along those lines, like fear of the race or anything like that. You know, like 
great things can happen when you just put yourself in the race. And it's just like, this is what we do it for. Like, sometimes it's going to break your heart, but like other times it's going to be the best moment ever. And so it's just like, that's why we do it. Like I race cause it's, you feel alive when you're doing it. And so, um, just kind of s- switching that mindset this season is going to be my main goal so that when it is the U S championships or the Olympic trials next year, like I just want to be at my best, like wherever that lands me great, but I just want to walk away from it being like, yeah, you are absolutely at your best today and not be like, man, I really, I let myself down today. So, um, that's kind of the mindset shift that I'm trying to work through right now. And I am really excited to see where Alex's experience, speed, tenacity, race savvy, and growing mental strength will lead her. Clearly, she's got the recipe for some great performances to come. And that does bring us to the end of this race report. Thank you so much, Alex, for making the time to give us the story behind your race. I caught up with Alex during a super, super busy time for her as a coach and also as an athlete. So I really appreciate her taking some time out to give me her story. I also wanna thank you for being here. I say it all the time because it's always true. I really, really love making these episodes, but the power of them is in you listening and also in you sharing and also in you reviewing. I would love it if you rated the show and left us a review. I always love hearing from you. And that will do it for me. This is Cherie Louise Turner. I'm your host and producer of Women's Running Stories. And this episode, I am coming to you from a hotel room in San Francisco, California. We'll be back soon with some more great episodes. Until then, I wish you joyful, healthy strides forward. Women's Running running. Running stories. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.